Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Alters and Oilt uh, Reloaded. Today's recording is brought to you by Early Morning Risers. How are you going today, Alters? Hello, hello, and good morning. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We're just uh, getting up early today for our recording. Uh, yeah, smash it out early. Committed we are to the pod. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Got some quotes on the van. Going to get it done up all nice. Real, Might get some cool insulation looking. in there. Yep, insulation, solar, shower, batteries, all the things. Ooh. So you'll actually be able to live in there, not just say that you can live in there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it, it doesn't really count when you just chuck a mattress in there and go, Haha, I can live in there. <laughs> yes, but yeah, so we'll get that fixed up. That'll probably take a month or so, and it will look very nice. Nice, nice, excellent, excellent. Yeah, what about yourself? Uh, not a whole lot is happening at the moment. School holidays, so the basketball team's not playing. Um, yeah, just taking it easy. Just doing some research. Excellent. And how, you did, how did you go with your research? Air. That they, oh, sorry, that you did win though? Yes, By we one managed point. to squeeze out a one-point win, which was good in our first game. The boys probably didn't deserve to win. To tell you the truth, there's some things I'd like to, to work on, but for a first game of them not having played together before, we'll, we'll take it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I did pretty good with my research, actually, and you helped a lot. Thank you very much for <laughs> that uh, link. That's a, quite a nice... Well, interesting website you've sent to me. And speaking of research, I guess we should reveal today's topic. Wait, I thought I sent you a link for my topic. Or oh, you mean the one I linked on Twitter? Uh, yeah. Isn't that my topic? Aren't I doing the car park? You, you messing with me? Yeah, but I linked you something from Michael West about um, overseas travelers. Yes, you did. But you also linked me in a car park. Brought, so. Oh, okay, good. Oh, that's right. I did. I did tag you on there. Sorry, continue. No, you're right. Um, uh, So that's today's topic. It's sort of a a twofer, isn't it? It's a two-for-one, yep. Fighting a war on two fronts. Um, It didn't work for the Germans, but I think it might work for us. I think we can do it. uh, Well, let's see. Let's see. So we've got basically, we're just revealing more, or we've stumbled across some Corrupt dealings of the Liberal Party, believe it or not. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> so what we're looking into is there's some uh, car park rorts and then I believe also some, uh, what was it, flying, inappropriate flying? Is that the best way to put it? <laughs> uh, more looking at the, the travel policy in and out of Australia during the pandemic or what it is at the moment just after some okay. uh, comments from the Queensland Deputy PM during the week. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Let's have a look. Would you like to go first or shall I? Yeah, I can I can start. Can um, you? Yes. Also, I'm just trying to, I'm just having a look at this website that you have sent me. The it's not on your side dot org dot day dot au, which is basically a 
Website discussing how the Liberals basically, they're not on our side or not on your side. Do you know who has created this? Not a clue. Do you? Uh, it just says authorised by Paul Exon. Ex- Exon? Oh, ALP. Canberra. I just found it then. So it's a Liberal, a uh, Labour, basically. So it is uh, a biased news source. It is a very biased news source. But there's In plenty of other news sources out there as well covering this. This is true. I, I, I was just, yeah, curious as to where it's all come from. Because basically what it is in the car park rorts, it's just, it's very well executed. They've listed all the journalism on it on this page. So there's got little um, excerpts from the... Uh, Go on, buddy. You can do it. Little excerpts on the topic, and then it goes into like the facts as well, and then it's just got a list of all different uh, scandals or political events that the Liberal Party have been up to. And the car parks rorts goes back to two thousand and eight, when Mr. Morrison personally announced the creation of an urban congestion fund as part of the two thousand and eighteen two thousand and nineteen. Uh, budget and at the time he said he it would remove as it would remove hang on yeah it would remove support projects to uh, remediate pinch points improve traffic safety increase network efficiency for commuter and freight movements in urban areas in the nation's major cities so he's announced it and he's but however he has refused to provide any details about how this one billion dollars would be distributed so there you go. that's what four years ago now 2018 yeah. did you say yeah, yeah almost four um, years so these are all points from 2018 the treasury advised that the program um use of competitive and merit-based selection process so as to ensure the highest congestion uh reduction at the lowest cost so so they wanted yeah. most bang for buck, or that's what they well, said they could do. I feel like that's always something that they're trying to do, and I don't think it always works. So you're saying we should just never strive for the most bang for the buck because it's hard? Well, I feel like that's what they've tried to do with the coronavirus vaccine, and that really fucked up their... fucked it up. Yeah, I suppose so, in terms of, like, let's say hotel quarantine, for example, using private security to man those sites initially instead of um police officers it was cheaper but it wasn't as effective is it like what cutting corners sort of thing to try and save money and you end up spending more money in the long run anyway because you've screwed everything up yeah i suppose when it comes to health and safety safety protocols within the community like there you might want to just do the most direct route but in terms of budgetary stuff I mean, getting your most bang for your buck is probably still the the goal to achieve. I mean, you'd want to do that in anything that you do. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like that aiming for that doesn't, you just don't, okay, maybe it's, is it like a fairy tale sort of thing? Well, I mean, I suppose it depends on the competency of whoever's doing the aiming. Okay. <laughs> you know, if... William Tell was doing the aiming. Yeah, I'm fine with that. But if you were doing the aiming at the apple on my head, then maybe not. 
Why not? I'm a, I'm a good shot. No, you're not. You don't know that. You never played basketball with me. I no 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 no. We went to camp together and we did archery. I know you're not a good shot, or at least not a good enough shot for me to remember and think. Hey, James was a good we shot put at this archery. Apple upon my head. So anyway, so summarize what you've just uh, said there for me. So a billion dollars to be spent yeah, on urban um, congestion. But there was no detail about how the billion would be distributed. And then you've got advice from the treasury, um, or they advised that the program would use a competitive merit-based selection to ensure uh, highest congestion reduction at the lowest cost. Um, there was further Commonwealth grants, rules and guidelines issued by the finance department. So this is all in 2008. So this is a, a little while ago. However, the, uh, models, uh, sorry, 18, eight or 18 right, got me early morning. And there's an, an arm for you as well. <laughs> the, the Morrison government, uh, you're doing the editing. Yeah. That's an arm for you. I was talking to myself. I got nothing to do with that. arm. I'm wiping my hands. <laughs> with <saying> that arm. <laughs> Those right. arms don't count. Um, However, the Morrison government ignored the advice from the Treasury and the finance and instead declared that uh, governance arrangements would be put in place so that, and then it's got a few different dot points for their reasoning, and you've got there'd be no more call, there'd be no more formal call for submissions. Projects would be identified and selected by the Morrison government. Projects would be identified through ongoing engagement with relevant stakeholders relevant stakeholders, which may include seeking project proposals and could include obtaining advice from infrastructure agencies and principles would be publicly released to provide a framework when discussing potential investments with stakeholders. Yes. So I wonder who these. So Sorry. it went from a, it went from a system of application to yeah, a system of selection. Say, who, who are these relevant stakeholders? Good question. Any oh, insight on that? Who the we, stakeholders are? Uh, dig a little bit deeper. We may unravel the mystery uh, now. Have you done that digging already? Or because I don't have any shoes on, I'm not <laughs> OHS ready for digging. Well, as far as I can tell, I believe it was from memory 40 or 41 electorates that got allocated this funding. If we do, if we go fast forward into the future, we're now back in 2021. There were 47 project sites selected. None of these 47 sites selected were proposed by experts. So none of them were assessed as requiring a car park or requiring urban no, decongestion. And, uh, 87 of the car parks were to be built in liberal or national seats. Or, or seats they wanted to win at the 2019 election. So I've also got, mm, it says here 10 of the sites for car parks, parks weren't even attached to train stations. And that's um, that, the fund was specifically designed to help commuters. Okay. But okay. Are they near like a, does it say where they are? Have you, did you see any of that? Or they just. No, I'm just looking at a dot point on that. Not your side. Thing. I do, do you know, know where they are? They are. Well, you continue, continue um, with what you were going to say. Sorry. Ah, uh, very good. No, there was an abbreviation here, and I just wanted to discover or double check. Well, what's the, the abbreviation? A-N-A-O. A-N-A-O. 
Australian National Occult <laughs> Union. No, occult. Nailed it. Uh, I need to look it up. Hey, it's the <laughs> very close. Occult. Uh, National Australian. No, it is the occult. It's O. It's an O, motherfucker. Yeah, but you said it where the A is. It's A N A O. Ah, yeah, you got me. For some reason, I thought you said A N O U. Never mind. Uh, it's the Australian National Audit Office. All right. And I'm also seeing here that. All right, you go. So the the A N A O have been, I guess, on this or monitoring this since 2018 because they found. There was no plan for implementing the governance arrangements, including for how the principles would be applied to commuter car park projects. And they also found that uh, no strategy was developed to identify worthy projects. So from what I can see here, basically the Morrison government took what was a billion dollars, one billion dollars uh, of our taxpayers' money and has reallocated it to basically try and win the next election or they've placed it in favorable locations where they're holding seats or sorry not holding seats where they wanted to win seats for the 2019 election i'm not sure how well that's gonna go for them because i'm also reading here that it's been three years and apparently only two car parks have actually been finished and a lot of the other ones are over budget and behind schedule so you know what pisses people off more than not being able to get a park? Um, meant to be having gotten a park. Do you know what else pisses people off more having than not being able to get a park? Get bus? Um, <laughs> construction. <laughs> okay, yeah. Also, how hard is it to build and a car gang, park? I don't know. Apparently, like 47 sites cost $660 million. So I don't know how hard it is. No, but I guess expensive. it's probably plumbing and stuff that I'm not thinking about. What is that, like $15 million a site? Oof. I suppose it depends how big they're making it. True. And there's probably other thing like, yeah, there's probably heaps of nitty gritty that we're not thinking about. Noise pollution and getting people to work certain hours. But still. Mm. And what have um what has the coalition said about this? Have you found a link or uh, anything that they've reported on? Nope. I uh didn't uh didn't look. True. Well my topic, son. Although I have seen that it's uh, sparked federal ICAC calls again, which we just never seem to have. I hope Labor win this next election and they just call a federal ICAC and just scorch <laughs> earth. Hmm. I haven't got any comments from the coalition, although I'm sure there are some. But I did just find out this interesting little tidbit. It's just a last stop point. The projects in Melbourne are predominantly located towards the southeast, where the data shows Melbourne's most congested roads in 2016 and, as forecast, in 2031, are predominantly predominantly northwest. <laughs> okay, yeah. excellent. Fantastic. That's what you like to hear. There you go. For everyone living in Melbourne, yeah. Congestion not eased. Hmm. I wonder if those seats are... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I wonder if those seats are marginal seats at a state and federal level. They're trying to get their, the most bang for their buck that way, win seats on a state and federal level with one policy implementation or one project funding. Possibly. Possibly. What area was it? In the south, east. 
Yes, southeast. I mean, that. Let me have a look. Ah, oh, no, that doesn't help. Never mind. Never mind. I was going to say, like, how far out, where do you classify? Like, you know, where does Southeast start and stop, sort of thing? I do not know. It's too many words, too many pages. I can't, yeah, I can't find it. You need to look at a map for that. And it's not just a matter of looking at the blue and the red and the green, see who's got the seat, but by what margins they've got the seat. So you'd need to sit down and look at that rather than just scan it. This, this is true. Oof. High oh, energy stuff this high. morning. <laughs> very high. Any uh, Anything else to add to that uh, bad boy? So far. I haven't found any comments, but I'm sure they're, well, you, like you said, they're calling for a ICAC on it. I know the federal government's been laying pretty low for the last week. And they, they haven't called an election yet, have they? Uh, not yet, no. I'm not, I don't know if they will call an election. I think the strategy was vaccine rollout, get that done, and then call an election on a high, but that's turned into a bit of a sore point. Not the point you wanted. Mm, not the point you'd want to end on. It's not Everyone can point. have the vaccine. Okay, only over 50. No, only 60. Over 60. No, under 40s. Oh, everyone can have it. <laughs> Did you see the conflicting messaging from um, uh, Scott Morrison in the Queensland Health yeah, Minister? Yeah, I'm was? pretty sure she was like, wasn't she still saying, no, I'm getting health advice that, you know, under 40 shouldn't be getting it? Yeah, so exactly. So Scott Morrison's saying that, oh, if you want to get AstraZeneca, you can go to your GP and request it. Um, whereas all the health advice is saying that, no, it's not for people under 40 anymore. Uh, anyone under 40 should be getting Pfizer and they've been going back and forth with that. Great. Just that's because that's what the general public needs right now is more confusing messaging. I don't know how confusing it is because I don't know how many people are going to listen to Scott Morrison yeah, about it. This is true. <laughs> it is not. This is very true. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, I mean, I guess I could go into more detail of the, I could summarize it. Basically, what they've done is they've created a fund or taken an, an initiative, a one point, not one point, a one billion dollar tax funded urban congestion fund, which they're also trying to increase, I think, to 4.8 billion. And they've basically used it as a funding for themselves to try and keep themselves in power without any to try and pork barrel uh is that the term is it pork barreling yeah when you only um allocate funds to marginal uh seats that you Uh, could potentially win heard the term before probably learned what it was then and most likely forgot uh (laughs) yeah so basically they're taking they're taking your money and spending it so they can keep spending your money. It's interesting how since they've they've not been able to get back in black with the budget that they've just gone, well, if we're not going to be in black, we are going to be not in black <laughs> by a long way. And they've just blown it out. Yeah. That's... Which isn't necessarily a bad thing spending money, but just the way you spend it is important. We're going to have a car park here, 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 and here. But, sir, that's a beach. Just get me my damn car park. So, shall we move on to 
the state of travel in and out of yes. Australia at the moment? Uh, yes, let's move on to that one. All I can say in summary is 47 sites were selected. Uh, I think over almost three years, two car parks have been completed. Only one was ineligible to be selected for funding. And the National Australian, sorry, the Australian National Audit Office uh, issued a incident report on the 28th of June, which I will also link if you would like to get some more details about this car park rort. Very good. Please. And in these, I wouldn't say they are, well, I'm trying to think of a better word than troubling times, difficult times, confusing times. Tell us, how is confused. the world I'm, of I'm confused. flight, is it flight travel going or just travel in general? Uh, I've just focused on flight travel and mainly on international stuff for today. Some of the things that sparked this is, I mean, we're all seeing these stories on social media and on news sites about people not able to get interstate to see family members who are sick or dying, people not able to return home. I'm still not actually sure how many Australians are still stranded overseas, which is quite interesting considering that we're getting so many arrivals uh, to and from okay. Australia at the moment. Uh, for example, in May of this year, 115,000 people arrived in Australia. Only 44,000 of those were Australian citizens um, and another 10,000 or so were permanent visa holders. Okay, so what, one third? Um, a lot of... a lot of About one third? Pardon? Were... or half? So about half of them were Australian citizens or permanent okay. visa holders. Um, about 45% were New Zealanders. <laughs> They are real keen to get in for some reason. Um, and 10% were temporary visa holders. So foreign yeah. travelers. Okay. So what? So that's one of the things that got me interested in this topic this week. And also Stephen Miles, the Queensland Deputy Pre-M, PM, uh, Premier, sorry. He had a presser earlier this week where they were talking about the genomic sequencing they'd used to track the outbreak and they tracked it to a return traveler from Indonesia. And they were saying that that person has been back and forth several times during the pandemic. And we all know Indonesia was a real hotbed mm -hmm. for a while there. Um, and this person hadn't been vaccinated. But... And so he was directing that saying, this is a failure of the Morrison government's travel policy in and out of Australia. And now the government's um, directed the ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, to not publish numbers on overseas arrivals anymore. That's a bit naughty. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm not sure we should be telling the... I'm not sure anyone should be telling the ABS what to and what to not publish numbers on. Maybe ask them to publish numbers on things, but if they're deemed something worthy of publishing numbers on, maybe just <laughs> leave them to it. Also, this person that was unvaccinated going back and forth with... Not, were they not getting tested? So they would have still been getting tested, all those mm -hmm. sort of things. But as we've seen with this Delta strain, getting tested and getting caught, I mean, you don't have to be in hotel quarantine long for it to get out or you don't have to be interacting with people long for it to get out or for you to infect someone else and for it to spread. And that's what we're finding with this Delta variant. It's so much more contagious that it's really easily breaking out of hotel quarantines or getting transmitted really quickly between people. 
So even if they were getting tested and things like that, you're still running the risk of it slipping mm-hmm. through. I mean, the testing is not going to be 100%. Quarantine, we know, is not 100%. I think even vaccination isn't going to be 100%. It's like 99.99% or whatever. But I think it's more an instance of where prevention is probably the only 100% thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is it is it is it necessary to go overseas? Yes. And this was was there any relevance for this person going overseas? Was it business work or that information hadn't been released? They just picked up that this certain person was going back and forth a lot. Not sure why this person's going back and forth a lot. There's a few different reasons that you can leave Australia at the moment. So these have obviously changed a lot over the last six mm-hmm. or so months with different countries going into different levels or sort of different waves. So if you're an Australian citizen or permanent resident, you can't leave Australia unless you've got an exemption and you can have an exemption for one of the following reasons. So your travel is a part of the response to a COVID-19 outbreak. Um, So you're providing aid to another country or region. Uh, Your travel is for uh, business or for your employer. You're traveling to receive urgent medical treatment that's not available in Australia. You're traveling outside of Australia for a compelling reason for three months or longer. You're traveling on compelling or passionate grounds, or your travel is in the national interests. So all of these are assessed by um, ABF, I believe, so the Australian Border Force, and they make an assessment on each um, request. Very good. Very good. But then you can break it down into regions, specific regions to leave Australia. So if you're going to India... It's a bit stricter on why you can go there. So critical workers, or you can go there if you're a critical worker providing aid. You're traveling in Australia's national interest. You're seeking urgent medical treatment for a current illness that you can't be treated in Australia. You can leave due to the death or funeral of a close family member. You're visiting a close family member who's critically ill, so they're about to die. Uh, And you're able to leave if you're seeking to travel to India to escort uh, an Australian citizen minor back to Australia. So if you need to escort a child back to Australia. That's a very specific one. Yeah. So there's none of this compelling reasons for three months or longer. There's no business or business travel, anything like that. Um, It's much more down the line. You're going there in Australia's national interest or someone has died or you're there to look after a child. Okay. Whereas compared to New Zealand, we've got a quarantine bubble with them. So the way it works, you can travel back and forth from New Zealand and Australia if you've spent the last 14 days in Australia or New Zealand. So if you've spent the last 14 days in Australia, you can go to New Zealand uh, without having to quarantine. All right. And vice yeah. versa. So, and that's, so that's the definition or that's how they're defining those that can use this travel bubble. Yeah, exactly. And this is current? This all This is all current. So this has changed or this has been updated as things have changed. And then there's a few automatic exemptions. Um, actually, before I go on to those, did you remember hearing anything about sort of accusations that, uh, what's the words I'm looking for? Uh, accusations of the exemptions or the requirements traveling to India being, um, being racist. I have not heard this before. So they were saying, a lot of people were saying that, well, this isn't really fair because... Oh, let me, I'm just getting up some numbers. So this isn't really fair because, where's the countries in this one? This isn't really fair because a while back when England 
was having its um having its second wave and things were really bad over there a lot of these restrictions weren't imposed on the UK but they were still imposed on India and you can see it in terms of the requests so between August last year and the end of April this year there were requests to go to India from 25,000 people and from the UK for 15,000 people. Now you could say that at various times the UK and India have been pretty pretty mm-hmm. bad off. Um they've had a lot of stuff going wrong there. They've had really high mortality rates at various times, really high infection rates at various times. So India had 25,000 requests. Uh 11,000 of those were approved. Oh, let me just get my calculator out. Yeah, so about 46% of their requests were approved. Whereas with the UK, 15,000. So they had 15,000 mm-hmm. requests. Uh, so this graph's just set up not in a nice way, so I have to go back and forth. So 10,703. Whereas the UK had 68% of their requests to travel or their exemptions approved. Fair Thank enough. You. So 68% versus, would you say 47%? Uh, 68% versus like 46%. Uh, is it just a paperwork issue though? Is it just like, uh, they, we'll put more of these through, there's less less applications? Well, I mean, I suppose it's possibly what it's due to is that on the ABF website, there were these specific restrictions that I mentioned for India. Now, those specific restrictions may or may not have been in place for the UK at various times, but they've pretty much been with India for throughout this whole period. I don't know if that's, I don't know what the reasoning behind that is, if it's because we've got a lot of people coming to and from India, usually because we've got a lot of um, Indian people here on visas or people who um, have immigrated here and are now permanent residents or second generation Indians mm-hmm. who go back and forth a bit, whether they've decided to put that in, but also what the reasons were traveling, the reasons were for traveling back and forth. So that's where that ideas come from. So the numbers would sort of suggest that there's been a sort of clear preference or clear ability to approve those requests to go to the UK mm-hmm. more, um, but it may not necessarily be that simple because it's also based on the reasons for going back and forth or the reason for travel. Um, I can't see it now, but on the Australian Border Force website, one thing that might sort of hint at that as well is were there ever any specific restrictions set up for the UK like there are for India at the moment or was it always just part of the general exemptions that you had to go through but I can't see that retroactively or maybe yeah, they, they, okay I was just saying maybe there was they're like no 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 take that take, get, get rid of that well I mean maybe what, what are you talking about you've got to have reasons <laughs> to go to the UK dummy they're white you can go there they can come here <laughs> I just meant that. I, no, I meant they've there got are like reasons in- up for India than the none for the UK. They're like, take that down, take that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some exemptions, or there's so there are some instances in which you're automatically exempt and free to travel. So if you're an ordinary resident in a country other than Australia, you're free to leave as long as you can get a Did flight. Did you say resident? Um, if you're an airline, so not citizen. Just... Yeah, like if you're not, if you don't usually live okay. in Australia, you can go. There's a specific definition for that as well. So a resident, I can't remember off the top of my head, is someone who spends X amount of time over this period 
or X amount of time over a Y period of time okay. in another country. Um, it might also have something to do with having a permanent address there. I don't know. If you're a New Zealand citizen with a, within a certain category, if you're an airline, maritime crew, uh, if you're engaged in day-to-day conduct for inbound and outbound freight, if you're traveling in association with essential work at offshore Australian sites or offshore Australian waters, traveling on official government business, official defense force business, and that New Zealand Australia travel bubble. So those are some of the exemptions for leaving okay. Australia. Um, and then we've got reasons to, well, reasons to enter Australia. So entering Australia from, so you, you're able to enter Australia and you're able to get an exemption um, if you are an Australian citizen, permanent resident of Australia, an immediate family member of an Australian citizen or permanent resident, New Zealand citizen within that travel bubble again, a person who has been in New Zealand or Australia for 14 days or more immediately prior to arrival in Australia. So if you go to, if you somehow get into New Zealand from another country and you're there for 14 days, then you can come to Australia. Somehow you just end up there. How did I get here? Just click your fingers, baby. Tap your heels <laughs> together four times. That's right. It's one harder than getting back to Kansas. Um, but if you're a second slow, back to Kansas, baby. Back to Kansas you go, baby. Back to the trailer park. Um, if you're a diplomat, one thing I found interesting, a person transiting Australia for 72 hours or less, which I found a bit strange. Like if you're just stopping over in Australia for a little bit on the way to somewhere that might be, else. Uh, that could be like, you know, airport crossovers. Maybe you're not allowed to leave the airport or something, but you're still classified as being in Australia. Yeah, so looking at the transiting Australia, so the way it works, there's green and red zones that they've created in airports in Australia to ensure the separation of passengers that are arriving on quarantine-free flights. Mm-hmm. So that's a green zone. If you're in a green zone on a quarantine-free flight, you um, are separated from the red zone, the people who have to do the mandatory uh, quarantine. So you're automatically exempt from Australia's travel restrictions if you're transiting Australia for 72 hours or less. Um, you've just got to follow quarantine requirements in the state or territory where you've arrived. Okay. You, you've got to be able to, to qualify for that. You've got to be able to secure an onwards ticket on a red zone flight that departs Australia no more than 72 hours after the initial entry. Um, if a, a flight's not available, um, transit through Australia won't be possible. So you've got to have that all organised beforehand. Very good. I don't know about you, but just like personally, I, do you feel like travelling anywhere? I mean, not not right this second. Like, like yeah. I'm... Actually, the only reason I don't feel like travelling anywhere is because we're a bit of a joke at the moment. Like, what, we've only got 4% of our population vaccinated. We're the, we're the danger at the moment for international travel. <laughs> yeah, true. But, I mean, just in general, it just seems like it's too... Kind of risky at the moment as well. So it seems it seems like that for us. But I listen to a lot of um, well, I listen to a lot of American podcasts because uh, I follow the NBA that way. Get a lot of news and discussion that way. Everything's returning to normal for them. Like they've been normal okay. for a couple months now. They like going out to barbecues. They're all psyched for the Fourth of July. They're chilling. They're cool, dog. Damn. Like they've got fans back in um, arenas for the NBA. Like they've got home. Home court advantage is a thing again now because they've got their vaccine rollout sorted. They're killing it. 
I was looking uh-huh. at the infographic since Biden's been in, like they've created 3 million jobs or three and a half million jobs. I don't know whether that's good economic management or it's bounced back from the pandemic where things are opening again and there's more jobs being created. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm, I'm happy for them then. They're set, man. Like we're, we're the ones dragging our feet. God damn it. God damn it. Well, I've got a few friends in the UK as well and I keep seeing their Instagram stories and stuff like that. They're all out at restaurants and pubs. They're all living their lives. It's a quick turnaround from, you know, when they were doing mass graves in like, what was it, Hyde Park or whatever, or mass graves in Central Park for the States. It's a quick turnaround if you, you know, get your shit sorted and get it done. Well, that makes me feel a bit better then. Yeah, we we sh- we shouldn't be that far behind. I mean, the only reason you're not going to be traveling somewhere is because no one's going to have us. Yeah, true. Even like crossing a border, I'm like, uh, you know, within the country. Mm. Well, because like you just never know when you're going to get stuck. Like my sister went up to Canberra to visit my brother and had to come back and quarantine because while she was there for two days, boom, everything closed down all of a sudden or everything became a uh, – Canberra became like an orange zone all of a sudden and um, uh, she had to quarantine until she got a test. No, sorry, not quarantine, isolate. She had to isolate until isolate. she got a negative test and she was there for like two days. So that's why you don't want to cross borders because I think things can just turn on a five-cent piece. Yeah, well, even that, like, even if you do cross and then they're just like, oh, we're cl- shutting the borders. Like, and then you had all those people trying to get back into Victoria before it's shut sort of thing. Yeah, but then, and then we're also relying on reporting sources from so many different areas. Like, I was reading this article on um, Michael West. So the New South Wales government's picked out this person that everyone's calling Limousine Man as um, the alleged patient zero for Sydney's lockdown. Um, mm-hmm despite him saying that it couldn't have been him and that he most likely picked up the Delta variant from a cafe that he was at in Bondi Junction. So he's saying it mm-hmm. couldn't have been him. Um, he must have picked it up in Bondi. And then Michael West has looked into it. They've found that, you know, on that it looks, it's potentially there's been some fudging of numbers by the New South Wales contact tracers or whoever's handling the data. So there were two cases mm-hmm. on June 4th and June 9th that were listed as locally acquired, but then on June 28th, on June 26th, that information was no able, no longer able to be accessed. And then it was re-added on June 28th with those being changed to overseas acquisitions. Uh, and on mm, top of that, there were seven local cases acquired on June 14th and 15th that were listed as locally acquired. And then they were also reclassified as overseas acquired. Is that just because... Well, it may not be, like, it could just be a human error thing. So then if they find out that, oh, actually, this virus did come from someone overseas, then do they have to go back and change all the other ones? Um, Potentially. Uh, well, no, actually, no. So once, uh, there'd only be one that comes from overseas. If you catch it from that person who got it overseas, you're locally mm-hmm. acquired. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it could just be a human error thing, but I think a lot of the... There's just been hinting everywhere, like on social media, on some news platforms, that it might be more protecting someone who's a high-level official who's travelled and then not quarantined or something along those lines. 
Mm. Um, I wanted to look into that a little bit more to see what other sources I could really find on that, but didn't quite have time. Oh, that's all right. I wanted to rely that's on more right. than just hearsay and Twitter. <laughs> but that's 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 Gossip. the thing. I mean, you how can you you can't really trust everything that you're seeing. No. I mean, especially with and the federal you... government telling the ABS now what they can and can't publish data on. Yes. Just yeah, that's true. And then also like trusting what you're seeing and hearing. Like when I was first traveling around in the van. I didn't experience myself because I didn't cross the border, but I was, I heard like at petrol stations, if your number plates was different to the state you're in, people would like bully you <laughs> and tell you to fuck off and stuff. Well, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Yeah. But I mean, I, like that's another reason I wouldn't want to be border hopping, but it's also like, I didn't experience it. I only heard it, but I mean, that's just a pretty shit thing to do. No, that's why you should always keep a keep a bat in the um in the car in the van. Keep I thought you were going to say a series a series of plates for each state. No, that'd be weird. That you, you don't want to get caught with that. You don't want to get pulled over oh. for something routine and they pull out that. Why do you have all these same number plates, different states, sir? I don't like being hassled. All right. Well, I'm hassling you now, boy. <laughs> I think you're going to have to come with us, sir. <laughs> you can't do this. I'm a, uh, new se- a Victorian citizen. <laughs> you don't have any jurisdiction here. Uh, no. But, yeah, you are right. There's, And then I guess that adds to the, the misinformation and the, the echo chambers as well, doesn't it? Because depending on who you are and what news sources you're going for if you look hard enough, I guess you're going to find what you you are looking for and you're going to find what you relate to or believe in, aren't you? Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I mean, if I go looking for this specific information, I'm going to find it. <laughs> like, Just I mean, like, what like, sources am I going to find it on? Yeah, a typical sort of anti-vaxxer thing. I'm against vaccines. I'm going to look, not this is, that's, I'm, Pretending, I'm pretending I'm not against vaccines. But I'm just like, if you have that mindset of I'm against vaccines, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and look into it. You're only gonna find things that support your the narrative that you're searching. Yeah. So yeah, and then and then you got to throw in all that other things like you were saying on Twitter and all that other stuff. And yeah, it just adds it just it just adds to the I don't know the shit pile. Yeah, and like seeing all these, I've seen some um, uh, little snippets. I think I remember seeing on an AB um, on SBS like Pfizer um, vaccines meant to ramp up from August. But like, how much of this can you trust? Because I mean, we're meant to have four million doses or four million people vaccinated by March, and that's just not happened. Yeah. Do you know what we're at now? Vaccinated wise. Hmm. Let's have a squeeze. Australia, so 1,726,000 fully vaccinated. Okay. And an additional, what is that, 3.7? Sorry, an additional 4.7 with one dose. Okay, 4.7 million? Yeah. 
So essentially 6.8% of the population are fully vaccinated and then another like 17% are partially or have got their first dose. Okay, then you've got the other problem of people like, oh, I'm not going to bother about the second dose. Is that a thing? I imagine I can imagine people doing that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's clear as mud what you do and don't need to do to be vaccinated, isn't it? I mean, it's all pretty clear. Well, I've have you ever had a injection where you had to go get a, a is it a booster or a part two? Yeah, we've all we've all had those, man. But I mean, so like so close together. Maybe not so get, close together, yeah. but we've all had to get boosters. Yeah, I don't, like I understand booster, but I mean like. Is this even a booster, or is this like? I mean, you could too... think of it. You could think of it as a booster if you wanted, but I think the vaccine doesn't work without this second shot. That's what I meant. Like, does it? Is it less effective, or does it just not work at all? That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Don't quote me, but I think it just it it won't work. Well, it won't work for the long term. Because that's that's like I mean, what kind of vaccine is that? You know, what kind of vaccine is what? Why would you? I I don't understand why they've manufactured it that way well that's bear, what i think bear, bearing in mind that they've never been able to do a vaccine for a coronavirus before true is it maybe it's a safety issue maybe it's the only way they could figure out how to do it mm. i don't know i'm not a immunologist oh good word yeah yeah no, i'm pretty sure i pronounced it right too <laughs> taking uh taking bets <laughs> on what uh new south wales covid numbers are going to be today I'm betting, I reckon they'll hit 40 today. You reckon? What are they at now, 200 and something? Oh, no, I mean, so they had, I think, 35 cases yesterday. I mean, what were their, what are their numbers going to be today? Like, the, um, yeah, but their total, their total, they've currently, like, got 200 infected, is that right? I think, like, yeah, 220-odd from this outbreak. Yeah. What did we get up to in the most recent one, like 400? Yeah. The most recent one? No, I don't think I don't think we even got that high in our partial lockdown. Okay, uh, let's have a little squiz. We got two hundred and twenty-three active cases for New South Wales. Yeah, like in our most recent one this year, like we our highest day for June, we had an eleven case day, and then we had a lot of three one 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 one. Uh, five three eights and now we're getting our donut days mm. oh i had donuts yesterday was yesterday a donut day it was not well no i don't uh... actually see the numbers here <laughs> <laughs> actually i think it was from memory i can't be quite on that though as i always like to tell people don't quote me on this or from my understanding or to the best of my knowledge you know that's real <laughs> Accountability sort of avoiders. Yes. I just like how that jargon sort of seeped in into the common speak of people. No one's really sure about anything. It's like, don't sue me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they can sue us. They would hardly call us a reputable news source. I just meant in general. Um, all right. I think that's a wrap for today's episode. I think just that's in a general. Wrap. The liberals, they're not on your side. They're, they're, they're wasting your money on car parks that they can't even get constructed. 
any summary for <laughs> the flying? I mean, you can try and do it, but I don't know how many countries are going to let us into places. Uh, I think I think it's more a matter of we're so far behind everyone else with vaccinations that we're not getting in anywhere. So hold tight until you're vaccinated. Fair enough. Maybe look into the frequent flyer points for getting vaccinated. Maybe that's something you could do. What? Yeah, haven't you heard that one? No. Qantas, I think, are offering up frequent flyer points if you get vaccinated. Well, they are. They must be desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a look, have a, have a squeeze into that one. If you, if you're really keen to go flying any listeners, see if, get your little, see if they're worth it. I mean, like just, or maybe just go for it anyway. Like if you're going to get the jab anyway, try and get some, get whatever freebie you can out of it. I mean, obviously I'll get not? the freebies, but I mean, you, you're not, you're not getting in anyway. No one's going to let you in. <laughs> Yeah, we might as well get the jab, get some points, no, sit down, if, relax. If you're Australian, you're not, you're not getting in anywhere that's any good. Like the only places you're getting in are the very few places that are worse off than us in terms of vaccines. And then even then, the places that are worse off than us in terms of vaccines are also the places that have got current outbreaks and current high levels of infection. So your government won't let you go there. There you go. You ain't going anywhere, son. Sit back, have a drink. Yeah. Start, uh, get a, a new hobby, uh, crochet or knitting. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. All right. Any anything else you you like, or you'd like to do our, your closing? Stay safe and stay informed. <laughs>